Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined, joined by Jordan Climac once again. Jordan, it's been a pleasure having you on the pod these last couple of weeks. I'm glad we can do it again as the Browns are all over the news. Back for the trilogy, my man. Look, I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy to talk Browns anytime. So what better place to do it here on the non-rebuild? Let's go. I'm ready for another round of some uh, off-season talk. Well, just so the listeners know, we're recording this one a little bit earlier in the week on Tuesday night. And there's been some J.J. Watt news. Hopefully, Jordan, by the time this goes out, probably on Thursday, there isn't more news that we need to update. But the big thing today was Mary Kay Cabot, former guest of this podcast and writer for you know, the Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com, uh, all of the above, uh, wrote about J.J. Watt being interested in signing with the Browns. And the reason being that he is interested in two things, getting paid at market value and having the potential to win a Super Bowl. Jordan, we've talked at length about J.J. Watt on this podcast. You convinced me that the Browns yeah. should take a run at him. What do you make out of this recent reporting by Mary Kay? Oh, it was great. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I don't know how, what else I can say. I saw it this morning, and it was one of those things. It's like, okay, this kind of made my day. Look, because we've been, I've been trying to talk this into existence. I've been trying to, you know, convince everyone that I can, who will listen to me, like going up to random people on the street, like pleading my case for J.J. Watt, like, that's kind of how this thing is going. So to see it kind of take on a life of its own here in the, in the last you know couple of hours here today has been good because, you know, we can sit here and say that how bad we want him, but does Andrew Barry want him? I mean, that's really all it comes down to. And it's sounding like today he does. And so I'm really interested to see how, how this, um, you know, comes together moving forward. But my initial reaction was just incredible. It was good. It was like, okay, let's do it. Let's make it happen now. What are we waiting on? That's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, and to me, one, one thing we didn't talk about a ton last time, and, and this is where I do have a little concern, is about the price tag that's going to come with him. But one thing that also, as I was reflecting back on our conversation, and as I kept looking around social media, people kept saying, oh, well, the Steelers, his brothers. Well, the Steelers are $30 million over the cap yeah, right now. They have no money. The, the Packers. And, and I get it. J.J. Watts from Wisconsin, but – the Packers don't exactly have a history of, of shelling out the dollars for free agent additions to their team. I think that's part of the reason Aaron Rodgers is so frustrated up there in Green <laughs> Bay is that's not exactly their MO either. And so as you scroll down the list, the Browns do stand out as a team, which is it's such a natural fit, right? Despite the, you know, the cap issues and it going down of the teams out there, the Browns are one of the few in Super Bowl contention that also have the legitimate space to sign J.J. Watt, which is always overlooked when people bring up these conversations. And the funny thing is, too, like looking at it, you mentioned the two things or the two reasons that he would want to come here. One being to get paid at market value, two being that he wants to win a Super Bowl. I mean, think about that. So one thing that, you know, has always rung true with the Browns is they always have cap room. They've had cap room for 25 years, for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Like every offseason, it seems like they go in with, with the amount of money to make moves. You know, for years we were coming out with guys like Kenny Britt and you know <laughs> Dwayne Bow and these oh. guys who just came, they just came here to get their money and chill. And I mean, whew, for years it was just 
disappointing free agent after disappointing free agent, Paul Kruger, these guys, you know, that we had money, but just it didn't matter. They were just coming here on the down years of their careers to get paid. But here's the thing that was crazy to me in hearing that. He wanted to come to Cleveland, to come to the Browns with a chance to win a Super Bowl. I mean, think about that. Henry, we've came a long way, my man. The Browns are now a destination for guys like J.J. Watt to come play, to win. Like, I'm still like, I don't know about you, but it hasn't really hit me yet. I'm still trying to soak that in. Because when I read that, it was like, this is, like, this whole past year was uncharted territory for us, being the age we are, being Browns fans. But to see that today, it was like, someone smacked me in the face or like, you know, pour a bucket of water on my head. Like, I couldn't even believe it. It was crazy. For sure. And the NFL is different from the NBA, right? Like, in the NBA, yes, it, being in New York, being in L.A., those things matter a little bit more to the superstars. But in the NFL, you look at the big free agents, and they often go to places where they have a chance to win. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. They're not a huge market, right? And, and they, of course, Tom Brady had some influence there, but they're getting free agents you know, up and down that roster. You see you know, people taking hometown discounts in places like Pittsburgh, in places like Baltimore that we've seen kind of and been on the outside of. And I feel like the conversation in free agency around the Browns oftentimes is like, well, you have to overpay people to, to come to Cleveland. It's like, well, no, you have to overpay them to come to Cleveland because we're a losing franchise, which right. is no longer the case. Now, I think J.J. Watt's going to command a lot of money. I'm not saying that, but I don't think the Browns are going to have to like blow everybody else out of the water in order to get him here. They've got the winning culture now that I think attracts free agents more than any particular destination as far as geography. Yeah, and, 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 you know, I saw a lot of these. It seemed like people were just almost like throwing, you know, it was like almost throwing spaghetti at the wall type thing with like throwing out some of these teams. Like the Packers, who you mentioned earlier, it's like, one, they don't really dish out the money to the free agents. And two, it's like, where is that even coming from? Is it just because J.J. Watt was from Wisconsin? Like, I don't know where the Packers came into play on that. But, you know, and then seeing some of these other teams like the Steelers, I get because his two brothers are there. But again, we when you look at it from like a logistics standpoint, they're kind of strapped for cash as well. Like, and they have bigger offseason needs this year than signing a veteran like J.J. Watt, in my opinion. So looking at some of these teams, it was like, I don't think that makes sense. But then you look at the Browns. And you saw what they lacked this past year, and that being a consistent pass rush, a defense that had playmakers on it. And to add someone like that where it makes sense from both sides, it's got to be the number one choice. It just has to be. It, it, it certainly checks a lot of the boxes, which is what Mary Kay was pointing out in her column. And it also, if you look at the betting markets now, Jordan, they, they're starting to agree with, with you and me as far yes. as where J.J. Watt's <laughs> going to land. And I think that is important because these markets know what they're doing, right? They, I always say Vegas doesn't lie as far as the money goes. And you could see, you know, at the start, there was kind of the Pittsburgh and Green Bay and all the odds were high. And all of a sudden today, the Mary Kay reporting comes out and the Browns drop to plus 500. Still a little bit of a long shot to sign Watt, but way down from the odds. Good odds, like, good odds though, man. Like, yeah, they were they were like, like if, plus I, if 14. I could have gotten those, at, yeah, if I could have got those at plus five hundred, plus fourteen hundred, something along those lines, <laughs> I'm, I'm slipping. <laughs> I'm slipping, man. I should I should have made so I should have should have got some action in on that. I got to come out there to Illinois with you and then hang out for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the the thing is, 
the, the worst part for me is today. So the Browns were plus 1400 on the sports book that I was looking at a, a couple of days ago. Then they moved to plus 500 after this Mary Kay column. And I looked at it and I was like, ah, plus 500 now. Like there's not as much value there. Well, then some sports books have dropped the Browns to minus 150 as the huge, overwhelming favorite to sign JJ Watt over any other team. And that to me indicates that the books, the sources, et cetera, are hearing things that are moving in that direction. For sure. And I think something that also indicates that is there are these little nuggets you see in articles that indicate the, the sourcing. And Mary Kay pointed out that the Browns, with their $21 million or so in projected space, have plenty of money to sign Watt close to his $17.5 million that he's making right. in this season. And I don't, when she phrased it like that, and got kind of specific with a number without getting too specific. It sounded like, Hey, the talks have happened. That's the numbers that are being thrown out. Like that. These are real talks with, with actual dollars being put forth as far as a potential contract for what. Yeah, I agree. And let's go, we should just go ahead and get, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting to talk about um, because, you know, we were sitting here, I think it was last week when we were talking about like, what is it going to take? to get JJ Watt, you know, we talked about before he was officially released, like what kind of draft capital are you going to have to give up? And if that is, are you going to have to restructure the deal? And then it was like, well, if he's a free agent, well, how much are you willing to pay him? So this whole question comes out about, I think that it's going to be somewhere around that 17 and a half million. I think that, you know, was reported that he's going to demand somewhere around that, but we have the, we have the money to do it and get it done for this year. The question is going to be, like you said, like, who else are they going to have? Like how sweet of a deal are they truly going to have to make? How, you know, how hard are some of these other suitors going to come after them? I don't, I'm not exactly sure what the Titans um, cap situation is. And, and maybe you know more than me on that, but I think that's a slapped on like kind of a dark horse team to keep an eye on just because, you know, you, you, you've heard the Packers, the Steelers, the Browns, even, even the bills. But I think that the Titans are one of those sneaky teams that like, you know, you always have those, um, a player gets released or cut or something or didn't like how things ended and they want to go to the division rival because they get to play them twice a year, that kind of thing. I think that's a, a slept on thing to look, at least keep an eye on going forward as a, as a team to be maybe competing with the Browns. But if you're talking dollar amounts, I think it's going to have to be somewhere around at least 15 mil to get this done, Henry. I, I think so too. I think it'll be interesting as far as years versus dollars, because I know there yeah. was some reporting last year, the Browns and the Titans, speaking of, of the, them, were in the market for Javion Clowney, and the Browns apparently made a very high one-year balloon kind of payment to, to Clowney in that sense. And, and thank God I, that didn't work out, by the way. Like, thank God that didn't work out. Dude, <laughs> he didn't have a sack this year. Yeah, it was really, sack. really, like, really we bad were season. upset that he didn't want to come here, but... And I was one of those guys, too. I have to admit, I was upset that he was like kind of like, I don't want to come to Cleveland, that kind of thing. But thank God it didn't work out, man, because we would have been tied up and the production wouldn't have been there. Like it was better to have OV at that position. Sorry, I just I had I had to get my two cents in. And I heard the second I heard the David found it. <laughs> thank God that didn't work out. My no, you're God. right. You're right. And the Browns also offered a multi-year multi-year deal at a lower amount, too. That was reported as well. So they kind of came at him with two different offers. I wonder if that'll be a similar situation with Watt, because I think 
something the Browns certainly have on their mind as well will be the extensions of Baker Mayfield and then some potentially, you know, a Nick Chubb or some other Denzel Ward, some other key pieces like that as far as their cap is concerned. So it'll be interesting to see how long I think if, if the Browns do end up signing him, how long that deal is. But Andrew Barry, so far in his tenure as Browns GM, has not shied away from free agency. You look at last year, they brought in Jack Conklin. They brought in Austin Hooper. He's been aggressive so far, and Watt obviously has suitors. You mentioned the Titans have been linked to him. They're $3 million over the cap, but with some cuts and other things, people expect them to be able to create some room. The Bills, I think, were linked to him. I even saw the Bucks as a replacement for Shaq Barrett. I don't think that's going to happen. I yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> Shaq Barrett. But all of those things have been linked, or all of those teams, excuse me, to J.J. Watt. So I expect the dollar amount here to come in pretty high, and that ultimately is the the trade-off here with, with signing such a big name like Watt. And you think, are you under the, uh, the belief too, because I'm kind of under the belief that, it's going to have to be more than just a one-year deal. I think it's got to be at least – I think he's looking for two years. Yeah, I think it'll be one of those things where it'll come out reported as a three-year deal, and then you'll look at the guaranteed money, option. and it'll be it'll be like a year and a half, essentially. Yeah. It'll be a full years of guaranteed money, a second year that will have some dead cap charges to it, but not you know, fully punitive, and then it, the third year will kind of be – a like what was in right now where yes, there's money there, but it's not guaranteed. That's just my speculation. I think he'll command that much, even at his age, just because number one, the name value, number two, the position value, it goes beyond the name value. He's playing the the most relevant defensive position in football, in in my opinion, arguably the second most (laughs) uh, relevant position in football behind quarterback as a whole. So I, I, that's how I see it, but this is very, very exciting as far as the Browns are concerned. I'm just yeah. that like, hey, we're, we're in the mix <laughs> for this guy, right? As you exactly. kind of said at the top, ultimately the, the analytics person in me, the, the kind of the real analyst or whatever, it, part of me is like, is this going to be worth it? Like, what if he gets injured? But then the other part of me is just like, screw it. Who cares? Like, I want J.J. Watt. It'll be so much fun to have a big name like that. And as we discussed on the previous podcast, I'm also very excited to bring his attitude and his mentality to Cleveland as well. Yeah, and it's like, look, it's kind of a different scenario. Like, the last time the Browns really truly acquired a superstar obviously was Odell. And I think that they're kind of – it's kind of an interesting compare and contrast to that situation because – Odell, Odell is this polarizing, you know, figure who kind of carries controversy with him everywhere he goes. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that's right or that's wrong. That's just kind of how it is. But um, and then you look at J.J. Watt, a guy that's going to come in who's kind of just like known as like a put your nose in the dirt, like work hard. He doesn't take crap from anyone else. And, and you know, he's not going to accept people not trying that kind of thing. I think this is a whole different situation. Like you knew bringing, you know, you know, bringing Odell into the locker room, like it's you, you're taking a gamble. I mean, let's just call it for what it is. Bringing JJ Watt into the locker room, that's not a gamble. Like you know what you're gonna get. You know what he's gonna bring to this locker room. I just thought it was kind of interesting hearing you say that. Like thinking about the last time that we really did get a star versus being in the running for one right now, and just kind of how different they are, and how different they would fit into this team. Look, we still don't know if Odell fits into this team. I like to give him a chance. I think there's a chance that he does. 
I think JJ Watt fits right into this team from day one. No questions about it. I couldn't agree more. He fits not only into this team's mentality, but into the city's mentality. And I think bringing him in at at a point where this team is, as far as trying to get over that hump, bringing in a guy with tons of playoff experience, with tons of experience just in general across the league, can only spell good things from an internal perspective for the Browns as now the expectations are once again on them as a, a Super Bowl contender heading into next season. I think that's certainly something that they're going to have to contend with that they didn't necessarily this year. In, in, in Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Many respects. So, and you brought up Odell Beckham Jr. And that is a great transition, Jordan, into our next topic because that was the other Browns news that came out in the last week or so. Odell Beckham Jr. with some very cryptic social media messages. Cryptic. <laughs> I, I don't really know how to, else to describe it. He, he all of a sudden went on a, a tweeting rant where what he tweeted out, I'll, I'll read them for the listeners out there. I'm more motivated than I've ever been, dot, dot, dot. Just wait when I touch a field again. I-D-G-A-F, I won't, I won't say what that acronym is for, our, our, for the clean version of this podcast. The second act is tragic, dot, 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 on everything I love. And then the third one, I'm just being patient for my return, dot, 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 God, thank you in advance. So that left a lot of Browns fans. Well, hold on, we have, we have to mention as well. You have to mention the Instagram as well. Okay. That yeah, was yeah. the one that I saw. You know, I think he was just sitting there like he was, I think he was eating popcorn and kind of like was like basically like put on Instagram saying like, get your popcorn ready. Like, what are you talking about, dude? What, what's going on over there? I don't know what's going on with Odell. Yeah, he, he did tweet that out as well. I'm trying to pull up the Instagram message as well. Uh, he, Suffice to say, he had Brown's Twitter and Brown the Brown's fan base up in arms a little bit. Then, then some internet personalities as well, those we will not name, but not necessarily reporters, started tweeting out that they had heard Odell Beckham was on the trade block as well. And that, and that just stirred things up even more. Jordan, what do you make out of this story, if anything? I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I don't know what to make out of this story. It's like, should I be making something out of it? I don't know. See, this is one of those things where, like, you know, if something does happen in a couple of months or maybe a couple of weeks, we kind of look back on it like, see, the writing was on the wall. But it also could be one of those things where you look back and, like, remember when we all were freaking out about some, like, 
I'm more motivated than ever tweet. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's really two ways that this goes. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to take it really. Um, it's Odell, you know I mean? I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say other than it's that it's like, like you talked about, he had Brown's Twitter up in arms. That's like the, like 15th time I can remember he's had Brown's <laughs> Twitter up in arms. You know what I mean? Just yeah. off the top of my head. Like, so I don't know what to make of it. I think that's kind of just Odell. And you kind of just roll with the punches. Like if he's one of your guys, it's like, okay, I, I don't know what this means, but like, I'm not going to read too much into it. I think that's just who he is. I think it's just what comes with the territory. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Like, should I be, maybe, maybe you think that I should be making something out of it. I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not this social media, like guru <laughs> can sit I, here and like bust open uh, uh, the cryptic tweet by Odell. It's, it's hard. It's hard to know what's going through the guy's brain, man. I'm not exactly Brown psychiatrist either. It's not my thing. <laughs> uh, look, as far as Odell is concerned, I think if Odell Beckham isn't in Cleveland either before the start of the season or in the long term, there are plenty of other things to point to besides these posts that for reasons why more pertaining to the on the field play and the, the chemistry with Baker Mayfield and how he fits into the Kevin Stefanski system. All of those things, I think, ultimately will be bigger factors than than these offseason tweets. And I agree with you. I think some of the stuff with Odell is just a little bit overplayed. I also just think a lot of athletes, especially at the receiver position, for some reason, I don't know why receivers seem to cause so much drama. In <laughs> I can't. I have no explanation for that. I, it must be something about the nature of people who choose to play the receiver position. But just a lot of the top guys, they they tweet these things out like this. Sometimes he's getting motivated. His rehab looks like it's going well. That's more important to me than yeah. than his tweets per se. But I. I also have no explanation, no grand take other than this is Odell and, and this is kind of par for the course for your number one receivers in the NFL for some reason. Yeah. And by the way, where, where did this, did you see this Tampa Bay Bucks stuff? Where did, like, where did this come mm-hmm. from? I don't know if you saw this or not, but apparently Odell was some in some way or some shape. I, I don't know how or where it came from, but I guess he was linked to the Bucks for whatever reason. You know, I think it comes, stems from that Tom Brady I think he's always had good relationship. You know, I've seen people going back like, "Oh, it's the goat shoes." Remember, he handed him the goat shoes. It's like, sure. <laughs> I guess he handed him goat shoes. I guess apparently that means he wants to go play in Tampa Bay now. But then I started to think, like, I don't know, because those tweets and that Instagram came after that, and it was like, maybe he does want to go to Tampa Bay. I don't know, but I mean, I'm just gonna ask you, like, what do you think? Do you think that he would rather? be on the Cleveland Browns roster next year, or do you think he would rather be on Tampa Bay's roster? Because I had to really think, like, I know that you can sit here and be like, wait, that's <laughs> stupid. Obviously he wants to be on the Browns, but if you really sit there Ooh, and think oh, about Oh, no, it, I was not going to say that. Okay. Okay. All right. All right I, I think you'd rather, no, I just, Odell is a star driven guy. I think based on the fact that Tampa Bay just won the Super Bowl, and you talk about that they're kind of a star-studded team with Tom Brady and the weapons and the defense, all those big names. Yeah, I think he'd want to be in that bunch, to be honest with you. Do I think Cleveland is a perfect fit for Odell? No, I don't. And the problem, I think that... Do you think he's starting to realize that, by the way? Yeah, don't you oh, think it's, absolutely. Don't you feel like it seems like that? Absolutely. Seems like he's starting to realize, like, maybe this, like... He's like, because when the trade happened, let's be honest, he, he probably didn't want to come here, but he was like, okay, my boy Jarvis is there. Let's make it work. Like the Browns were just this up and coming team. And then now 
you know, they had he had the bad year last year, and then all of a sudden this year he wasn't really part of the success that the team had. And then he kind of starts to think, I think that he's kind of starting to feel like he doesn't belong here. And I'm getting those vibes. I really am, for whatever reason. I am too. And I don't think – here's the thing that I think Odell may or may not come to realize throughout all of this is – at some point, he needs to make it work with where he's at because I'm not sure every team in the NFL is going to be clamoring for Odell Beckham Jr. like they were three or four years ago. He's Definitely. coming off a torn ACL. He's coming off a couple years of down production. And, and take the Bucks for example. Yes, Chris Godwin's a free agent, which I think is how that got started, right? Odell Beckham's a fan of Tom Brady. Everybody knows that. Chris Godwin's a free agent. Oh, what if they went with Odell instead of Chris Godwin? No. The Buccaneers are not going to do that because Chris Godwin right now is a better on-field player than Odell Beckham is. I don't think that that necessarily will be the case next year, hopefully when Odell's healthy and back in this system. But if you're talking about if they were both free agents today, who's getting more money? It's the guy who's been healthy and producing for the last couple of years who just won a Super Bowl. It's Chris Godwin. And I think that's what Odell Beckham's going to have to come to realize is he's not this prize commodity on the free agent market right now, based on his injuries and the, you know, the lack of production, which I don't think is all his fault by any means, but the reality is that's the case. And there are these other receivers that have come in your Stefan Diggs, your Deandre Hopkins, et cetera. And they kind of pushed Odell out a little bit as far as where he stands in the pantheon of, of receivers currently in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, if you're really looking at it, like, and it's funny because I know I sat on here on this exact podcast a couple weeks ago and talked about how I think it's kind of ludicrous to that whole the Browns are better without Odell type argument. And I still really do believe that. But to your point, it's probably four years in a row now that he hasn't really been a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. So it's like, I, I don't know what you expect. I don't know if we if we were going to move him, what we could get for him. I mean, we gave up a first round for him. You're certainly not going to get that back. So when you start to look at it from that perspective, it's okay. What are what are your options here? I, I think that the best option is probably just to keep him this year, see how it works out. Because, again, I, I think there's a real chance that him healthy, fit, he can fit into this offense and develop something with Baker. But it just has – the opportunity has to be there for that. To, like, it just hasn't happened yet for whatever reason. The year before – nonsense with Freddie Kitchens and this year he gets hurt so it's like I don't know it's time this year is the year where you have to figure out if that's if it's going to happen and if not move on for it this is even one of those things where like I could really see this even playing out into the regular season because you know Henry you know game one if the Browns come out and lose week one and Odell is on the field you know you know right now what Browns fans are going to say and it's, I, look, he's back. We were better without him. Like, you know, it's going to, that's going to be the narrative. Anytime the Browns lose, it's just one of those things. Like, you know how, for whatever reason, like you, you, um, you're from Cleveland, you know, uh, you've been a Cavs fan, you know, back in the day when, you know, the Cavs struggled, Kevin Love was always that guy. And back to the big three with the heat it was always Bosch. Like for whatever reason, Odell seems like he's going to be that guy. That's going to be kind of blamed when things go wrong and, when they do go right, doesn't really get the credit that he probably should get. And I think he knows that. And I think it eats it. I really do. Absolutely. And, and on your first point about what happens after week one, this is just a side tangent. I'm going to go on for two seconds. 
<laughs> Browns fans, if you want to make big declarations after week one, go look at the week one storylines this year. And, and if you want to go back a couple of years, yeah. as far as you can remember, week one and really the first couple of weeks were not great at, at predicting how the NFL season's going to go. A lot of headlines about how great Cam Newton was with the Patriots. The Jags upset the Colts in week one, and people were talking about, hey, is Gardner Minshew better than we thought? And then they lost 15 <laughs> games in a row. Right. The Browns got absolutely blown out by Baltimore and then ended up winning 11 games and going to the second round of the playoffs. Like, week one is not a good indicator, but you're right, Jordan. You're right in the fact that if the Browns lose, Odell Beckham is certainly going to get a, a bigger than I think he deserves portion of the blame. And even two years ago, it didn't look right on the field right? The numbers aren't everything. He had a thousand yards receiving. Yeah. It wasn't as though it went terrible. So I, again, I'm cautiously optimistic that I think there is a scenario this year where Odell comes off the torn ACL. He's motivated and he's going to fit into this team that won last year. He's going to get a thousand yards receiving and it's going to look fine. And we're going to forget about this. I see that as a possibility, but I also see the opposite side of things as well, where the Browns could start off slowly and Odell could could be traded four games into the season too. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting to. Like, I feel like this is a situation that, you know, if he does stick with the Browns, if he's on that roster next year, that this is kind of going to be like a week-to-week thing. So if they keep struggling and he's pouting on the sidelines and in the locker room, then I think that trading him mid-season becomes a real thing. And then you're really going to find out, you know, if you're better without him or with him, but it's never, it's a never ending saga. Like it really is. Since the moment he came here, it seems like people have been trying to push him out and it seems like it's never going to end. It's been going on. This is going to be year three now. Of, is he going to be here? Does he want to be here? Like I, I'm kind of getting sick of it. <laughs> you know I mean? Just mm-hmm. being a Cleveland fan, like that was how it was with LeBron and LeBron is like my hero. You know what I mean? Like I love basketball to this day because of LeBron, but for every year it was, does LeBron want to be here? Is he going to leave? And like, it was just got, by the end of it, it was kind of just, everyone was kind of done. Like, all right, I'm done to be playing the game of, is he going to be here? Is he not going to be here now? So it sucks that this Odell relationship is trending in that water as well. I agree with you. And that's why if the Browns traded Odell tomorrow, I just, I wouldn't be that upset. I think they have other needs on this team. I think the value. Yeah. Spread that cap room around as well. And that's that's the other thing too. Like I, I think you mentioned it last week about the cap room. Like, I, I like I can I understand the whole maybe wanting him out of the locker room or is it the right fit? But like I would listen to a trade that we're talking about. Like, hey, we want to you know take some of that money because ultimately you don't want thirty million dollars tied up in the wide receiver room, which is currently what it is with Jarvis making fifteen and Odell making fifteen as well. So maybe you take some of that 15 away and then and you locate it elsewhere i would listen to that and something that that actually chris trapasso brought up on, on, on the podcast earlier this week he was a cbs sports draft analyst who we just took a quick you know early look at the draft for the browns and i was talking about just hey you know we were mostly focused on defense and i was like hey you know I, the browns are also you know talking about speedy receiver kind of things and he was saying yeah i think that makes a ton of sense because Odell and Jarvis are both 30 years old and up at this point. And he goes, one of those guys on your roster makes sense as a receiver, but two of them, he said, as you start to think, you know, two and three years down the line for this roster, 
does it really make sense to have two guys in that age range? And he was saying of those two, you know, it, it, you know Odell Beckham probably is the one that you would move off of because Jarvis's game might age a little bit better. And that's where the speedy wide receiver comes in. And that, and I think you bring up a great point is Odell, the cap hit, the investment there. If we're also invested in Landry, it starts to not make a lot of sense as far as this roster is constructed. Yeah. And I think that's kind of always aided the conversation. Even when we got him, it was like, we, okay, but how long is this going to, you know, how long is it going to make sense to be paying two wide receivers at that? And, and, you know, the quad, the, you know, that day of reckoning is going to come <laughs> sooner than we thought. And I, I'm kind of surprised. I always thought, you know, so, the injury sucks so much because it's derailed this whole decision it's kind of, you know, put everything on hold because when we did get Odell Henry, I was under the belief that it was for two years. And if you're looking at it now, those two years would have been up, right? So this would be the year that we would be moving on from him. But that injury just messed everything up. Now it's now what do you do? We're kind of left in purgatory. It could be a blessing in disguise, though, because ultimately this is the last year where that contract has a dead cat penalty of significance. And maybe in another year, it had, had Odell played out the season and had you know, things hadn't gotten quite on the same page with him and Baker Mayfield, I think there would have been some pressure either to extend or trade him, one or the other, kind of make your decision, right? This kind of gives the Browns a little bit of an out to be like, hey, we'll just, we'll just play out this year. And then once it, the contract no longer becomes an issue, they can kind of see how it works a little bit for a little bit longer and then move on. Yeah, I mean, I got. I guess you're. Right. I guess you're right from looking at from that from that angle. But how much? So is there? He's got two years left on his deal, right? This yes. year and next year. But if you look so, at the dead cap hits, so this year is technically his age twenty nine season, though he will he will be turning thirty. Uh, is he has a fifteen and a fifteen point eight million dollar cap hit? The dead cap charges if the Browns just cut him tomorrow would be close to thirteen million dollars, twelve point eight. Next year and the year after, he has $15 million uh, as far as his contract's concerned, but $0 as far as dead cap. So basically, this is the last year of his contract where cutting him or getting rid of him in any sense still brings a dead cap charge to the Browns. All right. So, yeah. so basically, so, I mean, it's one year with Odell, or, and he's yeah. probably gone one way or the other, right? Yeah. So let's just ride it out this year. Like, I'm here to just ride it out. But that's the thing. God, you know, that's going to be terrible. I'm just thinking about this now. So if we let it ride out and then, you know, he comes out and he balls and it was like, see, I told you, but then that's the end of it. Like, <laughs> like that's going to suck. If that happens, we, we could extend him. I, he's going to want might the money be though, especially skeptical. if he has a good year. Yeah. He's going to want a lot of money and I'm not sure those are in the Browns plans, but Right. As I said, I think this kind of could have been a one-year uh, extension to this deal by proxy just because now the Browns don't necessarily have to extend him. They kind of have some logic as to why they wouldn't with the injury, and they can also just get the one year out of him and, and then kind of move – everybody can move in their separate directions uh, amicably, if you will. That's that's kind of how I see this playing out in the end. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And, then you know, it's kind of – it's. It's real nice to be have to have the luxury to be able to do this, and the reason being because our young core is still on these rookie deals. Because if they weren't, this wouldn't we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise. And to that point, like while you have these guys on a rookie deal, 
this has to be the year. Like this has to be the year. And this, this goes back, look, look, this whole, this kind of comes full circle here because we're talking about Odell and you probably, this is the last year you have him. So make the most of it. Like, okay. So give me JJ Watt. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like it just all adds together. Well, and as we talk about the Browns championship window, uh, yes. So this is a great point that I think a lot of, of experts around the league have been talking about. If you go look at the teams that are competing for the Super Bowl, the top teams, they're almost going all in every year. The Rams continue to trade first round draft picks. The Buccaneers were all in this last year in order to, to compete for the Super Bowl. And especially while the Browns have Baker on a rookie contract, yeah, you like to think the window is, is you know, longer than that, but this is a real time to take advantage if you're the Browns. Hey, you can go pay a J.J. Watt. Like, you want to know why the Steelers are over the cap? It's because they're paying Ben Roethlisberger so much money. You want to know why all those teams don't have cap space? It's because of the quarterbacks, and the Browns are going to end up there too one day. So that's why you're right. Yeah, they, they have Odell Beckham right now. They still have the money to go after J.J. Watt even despite that. And the Browns have to seize that opportunity if they're going to take full advantage of this mini window with Baker's current rookie contract. It's just a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing to be able to bring everything full circle. Like we start talking about, got to go get J.J. Watt. We, you know, we talk, talked about the price tag, how we can make it work. And then we get into Odell Beckham Jr. He's probably going to be here one more year. Does he want to be here? Well, he probably is. And then it's like, so make it happen. It's just, it's time to go all in. Like it's, there's nothing more that we need to say like I, I want to, I almost like we should go, Henry, and like camp outside. You know, come in, come in to Cleveland for a couple of days. We'll camp outside Berea, which is like <laughs> signs just saying "Go all in, please." Like it's the time to do it because we saw how close we were this year with still having so many glaring flaws, and particularly on defense. So it's like I don't, know, I don't know what else more to say. Like let's just do it. Well, if you are looking for hope on the defensive side of the football Browns fans, and you haven't listened to the last podcast with Chris Trapasso, go do it. We, we went through all through a ton of, of defensive prospects in the draft. It was largely focused on that. There was, right, so a, did you hit on, did you hit on my guy, um, Collins from, uh, David Collins from Tulsa. From Tulsa. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we did. And Collins, for those who don't know, he's an outside linebacker out of Tulsa kind of rushes the passer also plays in coverage. He's mocked to the Browns right now by Daniel Jeremiah. So yeah. yes, we, we did hit on him. Chris actually has the Browns taking a, a D end. Uh, so a man after my own heart, okay. but yes, we talked about saving Collins and many other options at the 26th pick as well. Yeah. And cause I, you know, it's funny. I've, that's like the one name that I keep seeing on Browns Twitter is saving Collins, saving Collins. It's like, what is the intrigue with him? I don't know if it's just people just, you know, reading mocks. I, I just think it's kind of mock season. You're starting to convince yourself mm-hmm. like, well, this is my guy because I've seen him linked to the team a bunch. And I think that's kind of how it comes up. I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to get, I mean, you know, your opinion on Zayvon Collins. But we also have talked about Henry. I think you and I are both of the like, you know, football belief that like you don't draft a linebacker in the first round. No, I know no. he's kind of that hybrid, like, but still, still. No, I, I absolutely agree with you uh, that I, I, and I don't think the Browns are going to draft a linebacker in the first round yeah. either. And I'd be shocked. I, it, it seems like as far as just that draft goes in general, that like corners pretty deep. So they're probably not drafting there. And, and there was a report. It's, we talked about Richard Sherman on one of the last shows. There was a report that the Browns are not expected to pursue 
Richard Sherman. Uh, so I guess I, I will turn my hopes to Patrick Peterson. As a, That's not even true. I'll turn my hopes probably to the draft for a big <laughs> physical corner yeah. opposite Denzel Ward, but <laughs> I'd much rather say, spend the me, money that, on that J.J. Screams, that screams uh, <laughs> the Browns, uh, you know, going corner or going young in the draft to me, if seeing that they're not interested in that. It's funny yeah. too, because um, actually talked to Jake Trotter the other day and he was you know, kind of doing that same draft preview and everything. And he was talking about how I wasn't even really aware of this, but I guess this is a pretty deep um, defensive backs draft when you're talking yeah. safety and corner, like there's going to be a lot of value there in the later rounds at those positions. That's, that's what Chris was saying. He was saying safety almost by like the, he almost likes a, a guys kind of in that fifth round range as much as you know, the second third and then corner again, not very high as in terms of the top elite guys, there's no Denzel Ward in this draft. There's no, Patrick Peterson, you know, those top prospects coming out of college, they're, you know, Patrick Sertan is a little bit kind of more of a mid to late first round guy, people are saying, but lots and lots of depth at that position, lots of intriguing names. So Andrew Barry and company will certainly be tasked with doing their scouting as the Browns have plenty of picks and Jordan, there is plenty of time to break down the draft and a whole lot more. I have a laundry list of, of off season podcast ideas for us to get to because we still have months until the draft. We still have a couple weeks until free agency and there is plenty, plenty more to talk about this team. I think we'll, we'll wrap it up here as far as this episode is concerned, but much, much more to touch on throughout this off season as we continue rolling along here on the rebuild. Oh, so much more, man. we're just, I mean, things are just getting started right now. And then like, we got it. We got a whole off season ahead of us. I'm ready. Henry will be here to talk about it, my man. That's for sure. I was, I was reading through my office. I, I just have like a, a notes thing and you know, Apple notes where I just write down off season podcast ideas as they come to me, some of them during the season and after, and I looked through, I still have like 12 that we haven't even done. And I'm sure there'll be more Browns news that actually breaks throughout the off season. So we probably won't even get to all of them, but there's so much <laughs> to talk about with this team and, and so many fun podcasts outside kind of the, the nuts and bolts as well. But We'll save those for later because the Browns are in the news going after the biggest free agent right now in the NFL market in J.J. Watt. Jordan, thank you again for coming on, as always, to talk J.J. Watt and much more. Yeah, man. Uh, happy to be back for the trilogy. And uh, you know, maybe we'll have to go for the fourth here sometime soon. But in the meantime, Browns, get J.J. Watt. Get it done. Absolutely. I think we'll end it with that. Just two words for you, Browns fans, before we go. Go Browns.